But no, Nick, uh, give me a little bit of a background on you. Um, like where are you from? How kind of just kind of let's start from the beginning, you know, growing up out here. Okay, so I grew up in Dyer, Nevada. We moved here when I was five. Um, we moved down from Oregon. My grandpa come down here, seen some opportunity. We had some things uh, kind of go south with the ranch in Oregon, something with interest rates. I don't really know. And they ended up losing it to the bank. So um, like my memories of Oregon, um, like super modest. Like I remember when I was a kid, like if I got peanut butter on a spoon, like that was like our treat, right? I remember that, but it was really cool because like my mom was awesome and we like I had no idea that we were like my dad drove a dump truck on a reservation when I was a kid. Right. And anyway, my grandpa seen some opportunity, came down here. They did farming up there and ranching. And uh, so they rolled down here. And when we first moved to the valley, my dad was just uh, just just a hand working on a ranch. And then they threw a little lease, lease ground together, bought some places, and we kind of, you know, been building it the last 35 years into what we have now. Um, so I've, I've been a part of that, which has been like super rad because I seen, I seen what it takes to like build from essentially nothing with like really good relationships with people and hard work and like determination. Like I, I seen what that is, right? I lived it as a kid. Um, so like that was, that was really cool. So like for me growing up out here, doing all that, working on the ranch, working on the farm, like it was when, when I decided to kind of do this horse deal, it just, you know, like I, I knew how to, like really dive in and and try to be as good as I could, right? Yeah. Like try so to be the best. Your first kind of job is working on a ranch, right? Which that's a pretty wide variety of tasks, right? Yeah. So yeah. When did what's kind of your first job or like and how does it like apply to today's lessons? Like you know when you're just really starting to work, like figure that out. Is there any like lessons you kind of like that still kind of apply like that? Like I know you're saying you kind of got to witness it, right? But as far as like when you get to start putting the work in, is there things like that from like your early years that you're like, man, I'm, it still kind of shows through today or lessons you've kind of learned watching that? Oh, for sure. Like I remember when I was growing up, like we'd have a spring break from school or something and my friends would be like, oh, I'm going to go do this for spring break. I'm going to go do that. And my dad would be like, uh, no, we're putting, uh, we're putting up a pivot that day or, you know, like that week. Yeah, this, like, is, this is spring break. We're this is spring break, right? Like we need to get this ranch going. And there was a lot of wheel lines here then. And like, he would kind of time it. So that pivot would show up. So all of my brother, my sister, and all of us could like help put that pivot up. Cause it takes about a week to put a pivot up. And so like that was spring break and I hated it. Like I hated it. Like I just felt like at the time I felt like I was, you know, I just worked all the time and I, I didn't see the value in it then um, where everything here was like family work. Then if we had time, fun, right? The priorities were like in that order. It wasn't fun after work. Like it was like, we set everything up to do our job and, and to like get things rolling. 
And then if we, if we had time to do something, we, we did it. And like I said, growing up, you're like, man, this, this sucks, right? I'm getting the short end of the stick. All my friends are doing all this fun stuff, but man, looking back on that now, holy cow, it's, it's served me so well. And my brothers and sisters, like my brother's ultra successful. Like he built from nothing and he has three Napa parts stores. Like my sister has a big farm here in the Valley and with her husband. So like it, it was awesome, right? Like it made us good humans. But uh, at the time you, I didn't, you know, I didn't understand, but I'm so thankful now that I wasn't screwing off during spring breaks. Well, and you think like knowing every job, right? Yeah. If you got to kind of essentially start at the bottom, but if you do every job, then you know how it should be done. You know what the next step is, but you also, I think you learn that that job is very important. Mm -hmm. And so each task is important to make it all work, even though it might seem like anyone can do it or like, uh, but I think that idea of it's like never beneath you, right? Like it needs to get done. 100%. And then- really what I think what changes as you scale it up is your responsibilities, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, uh, I, but I do think that's so important to like a key to success, or at least I've, I've noticed it with, like, I feel like that for me, like we grew up putting on ropes and, uh, you know, I started pulling ropes off and working a strip and shoot and you exactly. kind of get worked up. And, um, but then, you know, like if you wanted to produce a rope and you kind of know every job. But, exactly. And I think that's, uh, yeah. I think that is so important to the, to understanding like, Hey, how to run a ranch, right. If you can do yeah, exactly. each piece of it. Right. Exactly. Like now I don't do very little on the farming side. Cause like, that's a big part of what we do. I do very little there, but like I could step in and I know how to do it. Right. Like yeah. I, I know how to do it. I know how to bail hay. I know how to cut. Like I know how to irrigate. Like, I, yeah, exactly. I know it all. And I think too, like some of the things that were super valuable, that I didn't quite get the value of it then was like leadership. Like I remember I was really young and I would have a crew of guys like grown men with me. And I remember complaining to my dad, like, dad, they're not listening. And he's like, fire their ass. And I'm like, dad, I'm nine years old. How can I fire him? He's like, I got you. He's like, if they don't, you know, like if they think that yeah. you're a pushover, he's like, you can fire him. And obviously I never did, but right. like just having that, um, responsibility at like literally like eight, nine years old. Cause I wouldn't be strong enough to do the physical stuff a lot of times, but like, say we were just picking rock. Like I would be the guy on the loader and driving it around while guys were picking rocks and they'd want to slack off. And I'd be like, no, we got to get this done. Like dad says, you know, we got two days to pick these rocks and they'd want to goof off. And I'm like, no, 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 we got to get it done. So like just the value and the leadership and learning how to lead was like huge, right? And that's served me really well, like how to get the most out of the people around you in a good way. Right. What makes a good leader? Like what makes like for you, like someone you want to follow or like what you want to be is, is that's kind of became your role? I don't know. Like I was around some guys that just, they, they make you feel like you're important but at the same time, like they set a standard that is like, you can see the value in the standard they set and they live it out themselves, right? That's what I try to do. Like, like I'm not a hard ass, but at the same time, I am in a lot of ways because they know that I'm not going to dip off the standard of what I expect, like the 
cleanliness standard, the work ethic standard, and I'm right there with them. Um, so I think when you can, when you can live it and not just talk about it and they see it, like they just kind of rise up to it. Well, and, and we were kind of talking about this last night too, like the idea of we've been here for part of the, the cowboy week and, um, you know, the days start pretty early and I would say we've been here five, six days now, every day you're one of the last guys or probably the last guy to leave the arena, right? Yeah. Horses, right? And that's like, I think when that's the standard, right? You know, yeah. and that's just part of the, the culture. I, I think that makes it where if you're around it, you either like step up to it or you don't. This right. isn't for you, right? right. Like this isn't mm -hmm. something I want to follow. I think that's what I start seeing. And and also I, I notice, seems like the like the work, the guys, they, and even us, like we want to work hard here. And mm -hmm. I don't know what that is exactly, like what creates that, but it's just like, everyone's doing something and kind of doing their best. It's like, well, you don't want to be a, a weak link. Yeah, you right. want to, you, yep. and I think that picks you up pretty quickly too. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's valuable. Like when, when the leader of the operation is the, and, and it's not like I do that on purpose, right? Like it's, I'm just, I mean, in a way, yeah, like I'm out there working, but it's not like I, look around and make sure that I'm the last one just just to show that I'm there but it just happens like it just happens right and my dad's the same way like my dad's getting up there and like that guy cranks it like he works and yeah. he sees that like I see that I seen that all growing up I see it I still see it right like he's out there doing stuff all the time like to get him to take a day off it's like not happening right but I think that's I don't know. I think it's, it has a lot to do with the standard, the respect that I give them. Like I give my help a lot of respect. Um, and they, they show me a lot of respect and they, they see how I, it's not like I'm a guy that, you know, had a little success and I talk about it, but they're like, you know, we go to a show and they're, they're like, yeah, we don't really work that hard. You know, like he just has a good horse. Yeah. Like I, I think about it this way too. Like, I feel like, you know, God has put me in a, in a great situation where I could be successful and I don't want to be, you know, you talk about the weak link. Like, I don't want to be the weak link that holds me back because I'm lazy or I'm not disciplined or I'm not, you know, doing the work to be the best version of me that God had planned for me. And like, I put a lot of responsibility on myself for that. Do you think what holds people back from that is like fear of failing or not being good enough or what, what do you think that comes from of like someone not wanting to kind of go all in on something, I guess. And, yeah. and, and, and maybe, maybe I guess a better way to, to kind of go with that is like, as you transition to showing horses, like at some point you've, you're starting to bet on yourself a little bit mm -hmm. and like find, like basically step out of the, the realm of being just like a ranch or like running a ranch. Like, so the, Kind of, I guess, take me into like the show horse, like as that comes along, how do you start with that path? But like, as far as like you being able to like put the work in or like kind of bet on yourself, when does that start to, to come into play? Well, like the first thing that comes to mind is, and I tell this to my help and, and people around me too, is like, why not you? Why not me? Right. And I think, I think like I can give an example of that in you know, where 
when I was after high, after high school, after a little bit of college, like when I was kind of working around, like I was around some really good hands, like really good hands, but they, it almost seemed like they kind of put themselves in a box, right? They're like, yeah, I'm a cowboy on a ranch in Northern Nevada. You know, I, I couldn't be a trainer or I couldn't be a professional roper. Like I love to rope or whatever, but like they almost put themselves in a, in a box. And it's like, no, you guys don't understand. Like some of you guys, and that's what I try to tell them now. It's like, I'm around the best hands in horse training. Right. And I'm like, you guys totally could have done what I did. Like you, if you put in the work and surround yourself with the people, like you guys could have done it. And so like, that's probably my biggest message is why not you? Right. Why not? Like you said, bet on yourself. Like that's all I did is I, I bet on myself and I feel like, you know, God did some really cool things looking back. Like he put horses in my life that probably carried the team at the time. Like they, they drew me up and gave me a glimpse of what was possible. And then it's like, you get a little taste of that and you're like, yeah, why not me? So would Cactopus, would that be? For sure. Of, for sure. Let, let's kind of, let's get the background on him just a little bit and what he kind of, let's, let's just start with his story just a little bit, how you got to, got to ride him or. So by the time that time for the diamond come around, like I, well, here's how it all started. Like the whole showing thing. Like I was cowboying, I was working for a guy in Northern Nevada, Bill Van Norman, and he, he ranched and had a lot of cows and, and was a cowboy. And he would take his cowboy horses and go to the county fair and show against trainers and beat them. Like on a regular basis, he would beat them with very little show prep. And I was like, man, that's really cool. And I was like, you know, I, I, I think I want to try to show at that local level, right? So I did that. And to get ready for a show, like you have to put yourself out there. Like even at the local level, like you have to be ready to go out there and fail. And I did, you know, I did that. I failed and I went out there and I'm like, oh, I can be better at this. And so I'd go home and I'd grind and figure it out. And then you'd do it at the local level. And then. Uh, right, right quick. I got to interrupt with this. Uh, when you looked at failure early, mm -hmm. how did you look at that? Like, so some people are afraid of it and it kind of means that I'm not, not good enough. Mm -hmm. Right. And the first thing you say is like, oh, I can get better. Was, was that always like natural for you to, to kind of pick up on like. Like, I think so. Yeah. Like, I think just the determination to be better, like I seen that growing up, right? Like I seen that on the ranch where my dad took nothing and made it to something. And, and he was always very, very, um, like front runner in trying new things, even if they failed on the farm in a sense to like be progressive. Like he's very progressive in his thinking and his business and so like seeing that, like that kind of set the tone. So like when I would fail, it, it wouldn't, yeah, and maybe I'm weird in that sense, but it, it wouldn't bother me. It would motivate me. Like, yeah. cause then I would be like, okay, like I'm going to go home. I'm going to grind this. I'm going to figure it out. Like I can do this. And then you get a little taste of it on a, you know, gradually bigger scale. And then it's like, oh, wow, I, I can do this. And so like, you know, I first started showing at the fair and then from there I was like, well, I'm pretty all right with these two-year-olds. I'll buy a two-year-old and I'll take it to the two-year-old sale at the fraternity. And then I did that and like, it blew me away. I, 
I'm riding around there with all these guys that I see in magazines and Doug Williamson comes up to me, doesn't know me. I, I know nobody. I'm just kicking around a colt, right? And he comes up and he says, boy, I'm going to offer you this once. You take 50,000 for him. And I look up and I was like, um, I'll have to think about that, sir. And he's all, okay, and rides away. And I'm like, wow, like here's Doug. And at the time, like Doug was like the top of the game. Yeah. And, and so, like, and, you, and this is Cactopus, right? This but, is Cactopus. So you're, you're starting to show him a little bit. Yeah. And- well, I take that back. That was, that wasn't Cactopus. That was my first sale two-year-old. Okay. 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 That was my first sale two-year-old. Okay. I'm, I apologize. Uh, but I offered you 50,000 for- Cold turkey. Knew and- nothing. Just seen me riding him. All right. So- what does fifty thousand dollars mean to you at that that point? Like, I mean, it's huge. It's okay. huge, right? right? Like, that's you know, I'm used to working on ranches for like fifteen hundred a month. Okay, so like that's huge. It's it's a almost a life changing amount, right? Like, uh, or you can make some really neat moves. You'd say with fifty thousand dollars, right? Compared to the fifteen hundred I was making a month, <laughs> you're dang right. Okay, you're dang right. So sorry, but uh, to turn that down, like, yeah, that's a big thing right right for sure and but that that just fed you know like i i've always been of the mindset of and we kind of talked about this is like why not you bet on yourself right bet on yourself so like anyway that kind of that that kind of showed me that okay maybe i do have something to offer in this industry right like yeah I mean, I just barely showed up and like the top guy won, wants my horse, all right? So anyway, that happened. And then um, I, I took a horse that was actually raised on that ranch in the Van Norman Ranch. And I was like, you know, I think I wanna try this fraternity thing. And so I trained him and like, I, I didn't know a lot of people then. So like, I would just, like YouTube wasn't really a thing then. And I just, grounded out and did what I thought and, and like had a little bit of success. Like I went to my first show and I, I marked a two eighteen and a half in the herd work. And I'm like, Holy cow. Like Todd Bergen just marked a two eighteen and a half. Like, how is this possible? Right. Yeah. And then I marked a two eighteen and a half in the raining. And I was like, geez, Louise, like, Holy cow. Like I've never even done this. And I'm marking some scores with the big guys. Then I got my butt kicked down the fence, but Needless to say, like, I was like, okay, this is cool. Went to the real fraternity. That was at the pre-fraternity. Went to the real fraternity, made a few little showman mistakes. And I was like a half point out of the limited finals. And like, if I would have took out, taken out like my greenness showing, like my scores, like you take those penalties, I'd have made the open finals. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I screwed up, but like, this is fixable, right? right. With a little bit of work, like I could have made the open finals. Like, that's crazy. So that just fed me to this. And so that year um, we were at the sale and I see time for the diamond. Like we're going to buy it. The plan is, you know, me and my dad are going to go together. I have no money. Like he's like, you know, let's buy a prospect. We'll train him. And then, you know, we can sell him later and you can have something to show. Right. Like I'll train him for free. He'll put up the money to buy him long story. But we see, I see time for the diamond. And one time Peptos are like kind of just on the scene. And I didn't think I could afford one. Like it was like the second full crop or something. But I see his, like we're walking down and I could see him sticking his head and neck out of a stall. And I'm like, oh my God, look at this horse. Like 
and you can see it now, right? Like he's his head and neck is like second. Pretty, to he that. like he's flashy, like he pops. Like he pops. Even last night, there's 20 horses in the arena. When he walks in, our cameras are just they're on him, right? Yeah, like, like it's just natural. Like. He's he's just got it. Yeah. And I was like, well, we'll take a run at him and see if we can buy him. I was like, I had no, I was hoping we could get him, but I didn't think we could afford him. Right. And 9,500 bucks. And I'm like, holy cow, I got this horse, right? So I get him. And then by then I'm like, I ride him. Hey, this horse is special, right? He's incredible. So what makes him special? Like what's like when, cause I, I think, a, I don't know if this is like a, like a God thing, right? Or like a, yeah. Like, hey, like if you're just creating opportunities for yourself, they seem to happen more and more, right? Like, yep. But he kind of pops out to you. The fact that you can't afford him didn't think. But as in you're starting to ride him, you know, I think a lot of people want to tell themselves, like in that situation, that this horse is special or this is my chance, right? Or yeah. like, something's different. But like to you, what makes that? Like what starts to, like what characteristics do you see in this horse that you're like, all right, he's, this is different or this is special. Well, I've never had a horse that as is so selfless as that horse. Like if he, if he even gets a hint that that's what I was after, like he's all in, yeah. like he's all in, like, you know, up into the fraternity, like I can remember maybe two or three rough days and they were probably for sure. They were my rough days, like just very selfless. Like if he thought, I was wanting him to do it. Like he was all in right from the beginning. Yeah. Like very much all in. And, um, you know, sometimes with that, a horse that tries that hard, like they make a lot of mistakes because they overdo things, but like he was very measured, but very all in. Like it was just crazy. So I had him and I'd been showing a little bit since then. And, um, like I'm starting to learn the industry and be around some good people. So I was really blessed to be able to go ride with um, Todd Bergen. He put a deal together up in Oregon where like a few trainers would come, we'd, they'd get a load of cattle and we would work horses and share ideas. Kind of like Cowboy Week in a way. Yeah. Um, we would get together and I was asking him for help and He's like, well, let me just ride him. And he gets on him and he rides him 20 minutes. And then he's like at dinner, he's like, hey, I'm going to offer you this. And he's like, I don't want to offend you, but like, you want to sell that horse? And I'm like, why do you want him? He's like, he's like, that's a really good horse. I'm like, okay. And he, I was like, well, what are you thinking? He's like, I'll give you a hundred thousand right now. And I'm like, holy cow, hundred thousand. Like, that's huge. Yes. Like huge, huge, especially at the time like very huge. And so uh, it, but it made me sick. Right. Cause I'm here. We are like a month and a half out from the fraternity and I've got this horse like that's heads and tails above any horse I've ever ridden. Like I'm wanting to get a foothold in the industry and start to like really be right. a trainer at that point. And so like, it literally made me sick. Like, like I was just, I didn't know what to do. So I called a friend of mine, kind of a mentor friend of mine. And I was like, well, what do you think? And he says, it's simple. And I was like, what do you mean it's simple? He's like, what's your dream worth? And I'm like, what's my dream worth? He's like, is your dream worth a hundred thousand to like, to do this thing? And I was like, no, it's worth way more than that. He's like, well, there's your answer. So I didn't sell him. Right. So I essentially, I, <clears throat> I didn't sell him. And at the time 
to win the fraternity paid a hundred thousand. So I'm like, I could win, win the fraternity. I can win the fraternity and sell him right now. And then what are the so what are the repercussions if he doesn't show? Yeah. Like right. So what have on like honestly, like if he doesn't show, yeah, what's what's he worth it? Like nothing. I mean, yeah, I, mean I mean like it goes substantially. Oh yeah, it's gonna it thirty thousand? Yeah. Like twenty five? Yeah. At the time? Like he it's he's worth something, but he's damn sure not worth a hundred thousand. Yeah. Right? And so, and a lot can happen. Like he could get hurt tomorrow and I couldn't even be able to show him in the fraternity. And like, there's all these things, but I'm just like, you know what? Like you're hundred percent. My dream is worth way more than a hundred thousand. And so I made the decision, never second guessed it. I'm like, if Todd thinks he can win, then I'm going to do, I'm going to, I got to get myself ready. And so like, I just doubled down on myself. And yeah, so that gave me probably instead of like second guessing it, that gave me confidence to think like, I've got this horse, right? I can, you got a chance. I got a chance. Like I can do this. Even though in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, I was just hoping to make the finals, but, but I knew that I had a caliber of a horse that was like capable. And lo and behold, like we go to the fraternity at the time, there's like a limited open and I was, I don't think I was in the limited at that time. No, I was in the intermediate. So there's an intermediate finals and it's a completely separate finals than the open finals. And so I made that finals and like, he was good, but, or like we were good, but I think I finished like seventh or eighth in the intermediate finals. And then there's a day off and then the open finals in the same deal. Like, even though I just was eighth in the intermediate, I had the open, but I'm like, I can, I can still do this and everything fell together. The runs fell together. Um, Like I can really say this, like there was an anointing on those finals for me and him, no doubt about it. Like it was, there was, it was, I don't know. Like it was so peaceful. It was so put together. Like, I don't know. It was crazy. It was crazy. So at that like, at that point from the finals, um, the mental side, like because this is I always got to go here, right? Mm-hmm. Like the mental performance, right? So this is going to be the highest pressure situation I've ever career, been in right? by far. Okay, yeah. So kind of take me through the build up on like how that works as far as like getting to the finals. Like what does that look like? The actual like process. Um, how many times have have you shown this horse like up to get to the finals? Like what, what does that all kind of look like? And then like mentally, where are you at? Because it, it builds up, right? Like the yeah. pressure, like as you get closer and closer to the end, yeah. like you start to, I mean, that's where it comes in. Those is where the, the you want to be perfect. And that's where yeah. it's really easy to get out of the moment, I guess you'd say, and, and out of your process. So how, like, kind of take me through that, like mentally how that works. Cause you're saying lining it up, but to me that I feel like that's like, flow state right like you're just in your element for some yeah and like i was so naive to competing that i i mean i knew what i was doing and the opportunity but at the same time like ignorance is bliss too dangerous huh i was dangerous because like i had a lot of belief in myself and my horse and so like i think some of that preparation like I didn't overthink it in ways like I didn't over prepare in ways. It was just like, I was, I was just having so much fun 
that it was almost easy, right? And it seems like after that win, it almost got harder in a sense because then I had to learn how to compete. Like You had expectations. I had expectations. And then with, with expectations of myself and what I'm capable of, like it, it almost got harder after that. But like I would say at that stage, ignorance is bliss. And like I had a lot of self-belief in what we could get done. And why not me? And we just went for it. Like, I, I, I don't remember a lot of the details other than like just little comments that like fueled you too. Like I remember Boyd Rice, he said to me, because, well, he said to me, he's like, did you make that intermediate finals and stuff too? And I was like, yeah. And he's all good. And he walked away. I'm like, why would he say that? Oh, because if you make the intermediate finals, the two days before, like your horse is going to be tired. It's another run. Like the chances of him doing that and doing good in the open. So that was like, holy cow! In a in a weird sense, He's he just told about you. he just told me he believed in what we could get yeah. done. So like in a weird way, like those little comments like fueled you. It's funny because you could take it the other way too. Yeah, you could be worried about oh, what if my horse is tired here? Like what if I need to do. Yep. more um yep i i gotta i love this idea though like the ignorance is bliss right because it it essentially you're just focused on the process right mm-hmm. like you're not you're not focused on results like you you like why not me is the is the thing but there's no expectations like i said earlier like it's just you're you're showing the horse right like you're doing your job yep. what you've trained for right yep and and i think that's the uh that's the unique thing right so as that changes and you say, hey, it, it, you've won, right? So you, lines up with 2013 fraternity, 2013, right? yep. So you win the 100,000, right? Yep, yeah. And like, I remember going home thinking, like, I don't know how I did this, but man, I, what, you know, like in, in private conversations, like with me and my wife, I'm like, holy cow, like I just topped the pinnacle of the sport. Like I've got million dollar riders next to me that have never won this. And like, I did this in three years of showing like, holy cow. Right. And then, um, so that was, that was crazy. But I like, you know, we talk about God's timing. I, I feel like he he did that to give me the confidence to like take take it even more like he's like you can do this like got me hooked put me got me like the clients i needed to like really really grow this thing and then you know like it's here it is 2024 and i haven't won it since right like i've been close like so close a time or two but i feel like with that, you know, God's always trying to draw us closer to him and <clears throat> make us more in his image to be an example for everybody else. And I feel like I, he put me there and then he's been working on me and it's not about the wins. Like I used to think it was about the wins and now like I've kind of given that up and I'm, you know, it's about the relationships and impacting the people around you and things like that. And so, you know, there was a period there in the middle between 13 and now that like I feel like God was really working on me from a from a spiritual standpoint, a person standpoint, a leadership standpoint of like, hey, 
like you can do it, but like there's more important things than just winning. Right. Right. Like I've had it. I've like in 16, I was, and, and everybody can say this, but like I had another horse that was pretty awesome, like really awesome. And going into the fence work of the finals, like me and another guy, we had like a big lead. It was our, one of us was going to win it. And I had a huge first turn down the fence. Like I got this turn and in my mind, I'm like, here's number two. Yeah. And my horse kind of stumbles just a little bit. We get a little bit behind, still had a good score, but I ended up third. Like that was tough, right? Like I put so much work into it. So much effort. And, and one then, one turn away. One turn. Like literally one slip. Like yeah. any and it wasn't like a slip and a fall, but like he the ground gave away like two strides. The cow got a little bit away from me. I go from a 220 whatever run to a 217, third place. Was that the hardest loss? Of- it was. It was so hard because I put so much into it. Like I wanted it for what the world had to offer more than what God had to offer. And so like that one stung, like I literally cried myself to sleep that night because I knew the opportunity doesn't come around. And like, I felt like a failure. Like I felt like, I felt like I let one like really get away. Yeah. hundred percent. Like I cried myself to sleep that night. Does it ever, does that become a big impact in a positive way now? Like understanding that loss, like. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so then, you know, that was in 16. We go a few few years by then, you know, God's still working on me. Like I've had a lot of success by then. Um, rolls us into, like I've made the fraternity finals a bunch of times. You know, like you, at least I always try to talk myself into thinking I have a chance in the finals. Like I, I most of the time, if I make the finals, like I believe if I get things done right and it's my night, like I can do it. Um but in reality, like I probably haven't had that special of a horse, but like at the same time, you know, like you have a special horse, but if it's your night, it's your night, right? So in 2021, I had another really good horse. Well, two really, but I had, I had one that, um, you know, like uh, we dominated the prelims, like Sarah and I were, way ahead of everybody else like this horse is legit like he can do it so we get to the finals same deal sarah gets down the fence or gets out of the herd i get out of the herd i get she marks a 226 in the rain and i mark a 226 and a half like we're out there it's hers or eyes to win and i am not kidding you this ain't so she goes she goes before me she goes out there and she had a little tough like tough situations in the herd or in the fence work and like she left the door like wide open for me so I'm like okay here it is like here's your chance go out there huge first turn huge second turn great first circle switch like I am I switched to my other circle I'm literally three strides of circling my cow and I I I win right about like three strides from that the cow, like, kind of out of nowhere, like, just hit the brakes, turns underneath me, and comes this way. And, like, I didn't complete that circle. Like, I was 10 feet from completing it, but I didn't get it completed. Had to go around, put it up, third again. 
right? It's like, wow. But that one didn't hurt near as bad as the one before. Like, I think those are the life lessons that God was teaching me. And like that one, like I, it, it really didn't sting. It really didn't sting. And then it, I mean, it did, but like to look at Lee Deacon ended up winning the fraternity. And I didn't know this about Lee at the time, but Lee gets, you know, he's doing his press conference stuff and he's talking about like how God has been working with him. And like, it was, it was when it's God's time, you can't stop it. And when it's God, not his time, you can't force it. And like, it was Lee's time. Like, and Lee totally gives credit to God and what they've been working on and all these things. And now I see the same thing for Lee that happened to me in 13. Like Lee was kind of an up and comer, like hadn't hardly made the finals. I mean, he had a, a little bit here and there. And then now Lee thinks it. he went from somebody that wasn't even on the radar to now at the show, you're like, what's he got? Right. In a year, like he needed that, like Lee needed that for him. And God wanted that for what he's, his plan was. And like, I'm, I was totally okay with that. I think ego, right? So mm -hmm. tell me about how ego kind of works yeah. in, in being a horseman and, and then having to have a business behind it. And, yeah. and how, how do you get to like your philosophies on ego and, and how it should work in your life? Well, like I think, you know, if we talk about 16, why did I cry myself to sleep that night? Because it was my ego. Like, yeah. I, I wanted that for me. I didn't want it for the right reasons. Like, I wanted that for me, right? Right. Yeah, and then, like, it's just... Because I, I guess if you don't have an, much ego, you can look at it like, hey, I did everything I can do. Everyone else, like, thinks I won third, but in my mind, I know I, I, I can win, like, it's a first place, like, effort, right, mm -hmm. I guess. Or you, you're, you're yeah. in that situation. So you, like, you can kind of be happy with yourself and your effort, like... You've done everything you can do mm -hmm. and you don't need that gratification, I guess, from someone else or the right. outside, yep. right? Right. A hundred percent. And then the way the finals shook out, like my other horse that I made the finals that same year in 2021, you know, at the time I thought I really had the chance to win it on my rebel horse, but my other horse was right there too. And the cow kind of pushed me into the fence. I kind of hang on the fence, get a penalty there. Literally, if that arena's got a big oval and that I got down towards that oval, the cow kind of hit into my horse, pushed him up into the fence coming to him. He kind of hung his head right there because the cow literally pushed us up a stride. I hit the corner of the fence, hang up for a second, crush the rest of the run. But if he gets that cow turned two strides earlier, like I would have won it on him too. Yeah. So like there was, but there was just little stupid things, but like driving home from that fraternity, like I did not feel like a failure. I felt like, man, I did the work. I did all the right things. Like I was this close on two horses. I, I took two and I was this close on two. Right. Like things are right. And like you said, like if, if I do the work and I do it for the right reasons, yeah, like I, I felt good about it. Where in 16, I didn't feel good about it because my ego was in the way. Well, I think you've got this road on the wall, uh, ride the horse you have today. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think in 2013, you could say that's pretty safe to 
That's the foundation, 100%. right? Yep. And as you get those wins and now you've got clients coming in, um, is that something that you have to kind of learn the hard way a little bit or how do you know, how do you get to the, that mind frame of like doing that? Or do you find yourself getting away from it or? No, it's, it's easier all the time. Like, like I said, early on, you, you want it for you. You want it for selfish reasons, whether it's to prove yourself or, you know, respect amongst your peers and stuff. And like, I think some of that's okay. Like there's a healthy balance there too, but now more than ever, like I'm doing this because like, this is my passion. This is like, like, I love it. Right. I love it. Like God put something in me that makes me love horses and, and gives me, gives me an opportunity to, you know, hopefully be an example to other people of what's capable and, you know, that you can, you can live a life like you can live a good, clean kind of a life. Like I'm not saying I'm perfect because I'm not, nobody is, but like you can do this in a world that's like increasingly tough. Yeah. And you find that love for horses. Cause like that's we're out here at cowboy week. Right. And, uh, starting some two-year-olds and it's first mm-hmm. ride outside. Yep. And you've got this big group. What is it? Probably 14, 12, 14 people riding. Yeah, at least. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it's all kind of first ride on these horses. And to me, just watching you like interact, like this is, you could spend every day right there doing mm-hmm. this, like working with this horse. Like that's his, like, yep. you love this process, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, I do. I, if, if I didn't feel like God wanted me to go show and, and give me the platform to go out there and kind of have, have a bit of a platform, like I would hide. Like I would just stay here and grind. Yeah. Like, Cause I love it. Like that's the part I love. And, and I like showing, I don't get me wrong. I love showing, I love competition. Like I love how it makes me be better. Like I, I totally love that. But at the same time, I could be real happy just doing cowboy stuff here and right. just doing my thing. Yep. So it goes back to like doing it for the right reasons, right? Yeah. And it, and it makes, so having that passion for the process makes the showing like easier and it's more like it's getting more predictable, right? Like just being able to duplicate that, it's crazy. And do you think that like, does that, is that one of the biggest lessons like coming from your dad is like, you know, kind of a roundabout way you get that process, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're, we're making, like a process is like improving, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's kind of been like the foundation of like what you've seen from, I guess, or is that what, what would be the biggest lesson you kind of got from your dad growing up and that even just shines through today? Yeah, like the, yeah, improvement, like the confidence to say, why, you know, why can't you? show horses at the highest level. Like, why can't I start a ranch from nothing and build it into what it is, right? Like, yeah, why not? And then like the improvements, like, yeah, I think the improvements, like for me, it's the improvements in my horsemanship and understanding the horse. But like my dad, he likes to farm, but man, he gets fired up about projects. Yeah. Like fired up, like you've been around him. Yeah, he was telling me about building barns out here and doing stuff and like like he, yeah, like yeah. making things better and improving and like he's all about it. And if and 
yeah, like I've seen that, lived that, and 100%. That's awesome. So uh, the philosophy of do less more often. Mm-hmm. As a horse trainer, is that something? That's hard. How do you, is that something you, like, how do you come up with that? Or like, what, what is the reminder there? Like, what you see with that? Like, because I, th- I think that's a really, that's a strong statement, right? Like, to do less with the horse. Mm-hmm. Well. And, and I guess in what context does that kind of mean? You know, because that's something I've heard a few times out here. If, like, horse training, if you can, if you can get them, like, I feel like, if you can get them to understand why they're doing it and like be an active participant in the process and unlock their mind to like, Hey, this is what we're doing. Like I, I genuinely feel like they get a lot of like gratification. Like I did that. And then it's like, cool. You know, you took that first step in a turnaround right on good for you. And then it's like, you get that and then you get three and then you get four and then you go a little faster and then you pretty soon they're, they're going as fast as they can to like help you get that done. But like for me and my deal, it all starts with that first step. Like it all starts with them making the connection mentally to what you want to do. And it's so easy to get caught up in the end product. And we want it so bad for our ego that we just force them to the end result and they're, they don't come along for the ride so to speak. And so it's like this, it's forced. It like, it's just a different look, but if you can get them on the team and it literally starts with that first step and doing less and waiting longer and make setting it up so they can make that decision. Like it's huge and it's lasting. That's the thing like intimidation and, and like our ego and, and forcing it doesn't last. Like it only works when your horse is in a good mood, right? <laughs> if the, everything lines up and your horse is feeling good today, then, oh, wow, he felt good today. And then 10 days in a row, he feels like crap. Well, he's not, he's not helping you. Right. <laughs> and, and that's a, that's that kind of, I think that's the key of like horsemanship for what, what I see around here, like, right? Is being able to have them on your team to show them like, is that, is that what kind of makes a great horseman to you? Or like, if you were to say, Hey, what, if you could embody like what a great horseman is, what, like, what would that be? It, it wouldn't be like for a, I like, I would, I would have probably used to thought of that as like, what can your horses do? Um, and if they're not like ultra soft or bendy or whatever it is, like then they're, then it's not like, you're not a good, you're not a good hand, but like, I felt some things like if your horse is helping you with the job and they feel good about it, like it's okay to have a tie down on, like that's okay. Like, and it, I'm not saying like, it's not if you do, because your horse is a little stiffer in the bridle. Like there's reasons that like in the roping, there's reasons that you need them on your hand to execute that in places at a high level. Right. Like there's, there's reasons for you put them in your hand in the box so that they have something to fire off of. Like if, if, if you backed in the box on one of my show horses and he got soft, like that, that softness is going to take away from his performance. So, so like, it doesn't have to be the same style, um, 
to be awesome. Like I felt that I went in 21 after the fraternity. Um, my brother was there to watch and different things. And we, we took a day just to kind of hang out in Dallas, Fort Worth. And so first thing I wanted to do is like, I was like, well, I want, let's go to brace. Like they've invited me over there. Let's yeah. go over there. Like go spend an after, like a Sunday afternoon, which I'm sure you have with the Bray family. Like I love those people. Well, love what they're all about. And so we went over there and as soon as I get there, like, they're like, here, let's rope, you know, here, get on this horse, do this. You want to talk about intimidated, right? Like I ride horses for a living <laughs> and like, and I know how to rope, but like, I don't know how to rope like that. Like ranch roping and doctor in a yearling is way different, right? So like I was ultra intimidated, but anyway, we get on some horses. Ken puts on, gets, puts me on one of his head horses and to feel it. But I go through a horse and then I get to like a bay horse. And I, I think I might be messing this up, but I think he said that like Eric Rogers and Peyton were roping then. And do you remember like a big bay head horse of Ken's? Yeah, Ken's had a couple around there that like yeah, Eric like, would ride a little bit too. Yeah, so like this thing is like rodeo ready and... So it was so fun for me to ride it because like I said about the, you can get some stigmas like with a barrel horse and like the purest horsemanship people can look at that and be like, oh, that horse is stiff in the face and all these things. Like, I don't look at it that way. And it was really cool with like that particular horse, right? Because I'm riding him around and I'm kind of warming him up and getting the feel for him. And he doesn't feel that special, like just to ride around. Like, honestly, he feels... He feels like a, a nice ranch horse to me yeah. compared to my show horses. Like he doesn't feel bad, but he just feels like a nice ranch horse. And then I put him in the context of what he's great at. He felt as soft and as willing and as in tune as any show horse I have in, in his element. And that was really cool. Right. That was so cool to feel like, you know, like I said, feel wise, like a tangible feel wise. Like when I rode him around, like he felt fine. He didn't feel spectacular, but like within the context of like heading a steer for Peyton to heal, holy cow, he was with me. Like, I mean, dialed. Yep. So that was really cool. That same uh, process, like they're, they're thinking, like they're, they're running to the cow in a way that it feels like you've got spots to throw your rope. And that's like, yeah, they have feel, right? They're like, they're with you. Like kind of yeah. what you said earlier. He was but, so with yeah. me. Like everything that I was thinking that I needed to get done, right he was or wrong, thinking as well. he was, yeah right there and as active as a participant as I've ever felt in that setting. Like it was, okay. it was unreal to me. Um, so you've been showing now for over 10 years. Yeah. I think I started in 2011. So yeah. Okay. You've been after it for a little while. Yeah. If you could give yourself a, like knowing like yourself now, like if you give yourself a piece of advice or one thing you would tell your younger self as you're kind of getting going, what would that what would that be? Well, I think like we talked a little bit about it, but like the period at the beginning, and I mean I'm a long ways from finishing, but the period at the beginning, it was it was about like my passion. And then I had like the success of the fraternity. And then there was a period in the middle that it wasn't about that. Like it was about proving myself for for me and like there was a kind of a ego check in the middle. And now I'm getting back to the, to the like 
ultra pure. And even in the middle, like I'm not saying it was bad, but like there was, well, like there's a reason you cry yourself to sleep at night. And it wasn't, it was, it was because I felt like, you know, I needed that for me. And now like I've almost learned to let that go. So like, and I don't know that it's possible because, you know, God's growing and stretching us and, and doing things with us. But like, if, if I could have went at it with the joy at the beginning and the joy that I have now through the middle, like, man, what, how fun would that be? But at the same time, I don't like that was, I needed that, right. I needed that to grow. And like, it, it was, it was, it was a blessing to be like that because it made me better now. Right. So like, it was, it was all worth it. It's like, it was where, where I needed to be to, it's hard, right? Because you want to look like loving the process because you spend so much time in the process, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just constant. Yep. So it's like if you kind of look back and you you get that, and that's where like the ego thing, a result orientation or however you want to phrase that, but it takes you away from maybe loving the process because yep. you could feel so far away from those results. Yep. And uh, and I think that's, that's a tricky thing, but it sure can lead to a, a really productive lifestyle like i think and and definitely it's okay to mess up with it to understand the the humility to know like hey why why am i so upset right now right and then to be able to change is probably the most important thing like the the humility side and well and it it translates to the people around you like you guys said it yesterday we were chatting at dinner and i've had pretty much anybody that's been around horse training that comes here they they say the same thing they're like oh my god i cannot believe the atmosphere here like yeah. your help is like they work their guts out but they're happy like they you know like you can't hardly send them home at the end of the evening if they think they're going to miss something cool yeah like just creating that culture like i think that's a powerful thing um but it comes with the love and the joy of what you do like i think that's the difference where you know, how many horse trainers do you go to or whatever you see it? And it's just like, everybody seems miserable, right? The the horses do, the people, the help. It's kind of off-putting sometimes when you see it. Like I, like I look at trainers sometime and you can tell Mm -hmm. it just looks like they're treading water. And I'm just like, the horses look that way, everyone. And it, it does, it makes me not, not be a fan of, of, and it's weird, but it's just like, yep. What? Like I, I, I love what they're doing, but at the same time, I'm like, I hate that has yeah. to be there. Yeah. And, even, even if they're successful. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are very successful in, in that sense. Right. So like, it's like, what does, what defines success? Yeah. Right. That's a big thing because, you know, like the, the outside world, you can look in and be like, oh, they got it together. But you look at them and you know that like, there's no, there's, I mean, there's joy with the wind, but I mean, it's different. It's yeah. different. And that's, that's like what I've come to realize. And that's what I strive for is like, it is about like, you need a certain amount of wins and success to stay relevant, to give you the, the platform to be influential, but it ain't about that. Well, right quick too, cause you think about that, if that doesn't come, and you lose the clients and you fail and you have to do something else, 
well, just like looking at you, well, that's okay. Cause you're already just doing what you love. Like that's like falling back to that. Like it wouldn't probably change much outside of your life other than you'd stay in Dyer, Nevada more. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And so that, that makes it like, it's almost like you can't lose. Exactly. Because exactly. You're, you just, you're just doing what you love. Yep. And, yeah. and so knowing that, and I think that's what sometimes gets in people's mind. If I fail at this, it's, it's over. Yep. And, For sure. And having that wall put up. Yep. Uh, and then you, and anytime there's, there's a block right there, like you can't be the best version of yourself, like in competition and in life. Right. Yeah. Like if you're, if there's, if there's an underlying uneasiness, like you're held back, even if you were to win an event, like you're held back like for sure. Yeah. Let's talk about the best week of the whole year though. Like Cowboy week. Cowboy week. Yeah. Um, Give me the, just kind of give me the rundown on it right quick for, cause we we're, we're at the end of it right now. And I, like I said, the, the experience has been incredible, but I, I don't know how you've been able to create this atmosphere. So just kind of take me through how this gets going. So like to put it in a nutshell, like the guys that I was around in Northern Nevada, Bill, Ben Norman. So like that culture that we're just talking about that you, that you use, you, you know, you brought up of like just how genuinely happy everybody is here and around and stuff. He created that for me when I was there. Like he made everybody feel important. Like you wanted, you didn't want to be the guy that let him down. Not because you were scared of him because you had that much respect for him. And like, and so like, it was awesome to be around a guy like that, that like you, you would leave there thinking like, I'm, I, I can do anything. Inspired. Inspired. Right. And so he passed away and when I was like, man, cause he would do essentially the same thing there. He didn't call it cowboy week or anything, but like cowboys from around would bring their horses to start in an atmosphere just like this. And like, like by the end of the week, like everybody was glowing and like had a recharge to go home and do it. And I'm like, man, if I ever get to where I can put something like that together, I'm going to do it. And so when I won the fraternity and took that money and bought this, indoor building i'm like i gotta do this for my friends because like i said again too like i want to show them that this is totally capable like these are some handy dudes and i want to get them together so we got together we do this and um i think sometimes from the outside looking in it can look like a, a clinic so that i can bring people here friends and show them what i know not not at all like it's it's a bunch of guys getting together gals and doing it to genuinely get better for the love and the passion that we have and sharing ideas. Like there's, there's no egos, right? Like, you know, if they're showing me something or I'm showing them or whatever, like, it just, it's incredible. Right. Yeah. Like it's incredible. Like how many times this week have you seen like just random, there's probably like 14, 15 of us riding and you'd see like, seven little segments going on where they pull them and be like, you know, Hey, Susanna, help Joe. You know, Joe says, Hey, Susanna, help me with my turnaround. Cool. You got that going on over here. You got Rye helping somebody over there. It's just, it's freaking awesome. It's so cool. The dialogue and the, there's zero ego. That's like the first thing you notice. Yeah. And, and when we, I say that it's like, you're kind of, it's like, it's your place. And essentially like you're kind of, 
probably guiding what gets done. Yeah. But you're asking as many questions about, hey, how are you getting this horse to do this? Mm-hmm. Or what do you think here? Yep. And and the culture of like, hey, get on this horse and ride him. Tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. And there's different perspectives all yep. the time, but it's like, you guys are trying to do the same thing. And so you're trying to work on like, like you'll see that dialogue at times. Yeah. So it's like, hey, how did you get this horse there? Cause I'm getting them there the same, it's the same spot, but it's different. It's different. And and so it's just, it literally is about the horse yep. like, and, and how to how to do it. And and there's no intentions outside of that. Right. I just have never, I mean, that's, I've never seen nothing like it. Right. Um, just, just as far as like that many people that many personalities. That caliber of people too. That caliber. That's that's the thing too. Like, like maybe there's probably a lot of people here that nobody's ever heard of, but like I'm around and I'm around like some handy people and like the caliber of people to be like that is insane. Right. And to, to, to be that open and be vulnerable. Like, I think that's a big thing. Like a lot of times people get to thinking, you know, they have, have things going on and then the ego gets in the way and they don't want to be vulnerable to learn and expose themselves to, to criticism. And it's not even criticism, but to help. And like here, you don't see that. Like everybody's vulnerable. Like, honestly, if I could, and like you said, I kind of have to be the ringleader in a sense because we're, we're setting up this deal and we're doing this, but like, I feel like this week and it, because I had to, but like, I would have liked to, instead of being involved in like maybe 60% of the conversations, like I would have preferred it if I'd have been involved in like 30. Right. And I could have selfishly like sucked a little bit more out of everybody, right? Yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah, but that's what's crazy is you're wanting to like learn, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I've, I've heard this a long time ago and I, I thought it was a really cool quote, but it's like, it kind of goes like if you send two fighters to the top of the mountain and they fight every single day, mm-hmm. when they come down and fight a group of people um, that had been training with each other, like the group would have so much more knowledge mm-hmm. that would have been shared than just these two people, mm-hmm. right? And I kind of look at it, that kind of that same mentality is like when you get a lot of knowledge there and philosophies and just what this, all this experience in one area, there's so much to learn and so much. And it, from life lessons to yeah. training to everything. And it's, uh, you know, the, that is incredible to, to yeah. actually see that. Well, I think what's cool too, like we've talked a little bit about the culture, but, and, and you were able to kind of live it. And I'm not saying that it's all me because like the Brian and the Joe that were here and stuff, like they gave me that, like that example. And like, I've been able to kind of recreate that here, but like, you know, like Susanna, for example, she, she teaches at FRC, that college, you know, like she's trying to create that culture of what we have here in a setting of a college. And, you know, like Rye with his cowboy crew, he's, he's doing it that there and like making really good humans. Right. Like, I feel like we, we learn, like I learned from, you know, Brian and Joe and Bill and those guys, like how to be a better person and like influence. It just goes, it, it started, it, you know, like you think about the 15 people here and then when they leave and they can not only get better with a horse, but, you know, be inspired to be better leaders. Like the trickle down from that is like huge. 
Right. It's, it's so huge. And like how many, how many lives are going to be touched? Like Bill and Brian and Joe touched me and like, it just, the trickle down is insane. Right. Yeah. And you said this earlier, um, the, the horse, like the communication with the horses, like almost kind of like brings you closer to God. And it's just like, cause you're, you're learning to speak this language of mm-hmm. a horse, right? Like what to communicate that and yep. to, to know like what their intentions are. Cause they are pretty pure. Yeah. And so that has to bring that out of you. you yeah. Know? And so, it does like horse, they know, they, they're, they know if they know if you're doing it for the right reasons and you can see it. Like, you know, when a horse has been forced for different reasons and you know, when a horse is really wanting to do something like you can see it. And like, what I love about horses is it's so much like our relationship with God. You know, God takes us exactly where we are and he's happy, more than happy to meet us there and move forward. And a horse is the same way. You know, like if a horse, you can make mistakes and like their forgiveness factor, like Christ forgives us is second to none. Like you can make a mistake with a horse one day, come back the next day. And it's like they, and you, you, you move forward and move on. And it's just like, it never happened, especially when they're like, you're starting them. Yeah. Like they're so, they're so pure and they just take you from where you're at and they, they roll with it. And I think like for an animal to have that to where they, like I said, I I feel like it's, it's crazy. The parallels there where they will take you exactly where you are and they're more than happy to move forward with you. Just like, just like Christ is with us. Like, it doesn't matter your past. Like he forgives you and he, he's happy to meet you and move forward where like, I think a lot of times we think that, you know, we're not worthy or like, you know, we're not worthy. So I, I couldn't, I can't, I can't bring myself to that. And like a horse is crazy that way that like, they're always, they always have that self-worth to like move forward. And it's just the parallels are like crazy. Right. And I, I feel like that's a great way to wrap this up. I mean, I can keep going if we yeah. keep going, but we got, we got breakfast, cooking at the, <laughs> the bunk house and I, you know, we've been informed. We we got to get some breakfast uh, yeah. in our schedule today. Yeah, some breakfast and some sleep. <sighs> yeah, Cow- <laughs> Cow- Cowboy Week. There's there's a lot of breakfast, but maybe not as much sleep no. during Cowboy Week. No, I. So one thing like I've always wondered about, right, is my my parents. They have their brand like for their horses, and I've kind of always wanted. I've just used their brand on my horses and. And then as I like create a business and you, you know, branding is a big thing and name recognition. And, and so with you, you know, growing up on a ranch, having a brand, right, is a big thing. Mm-hmm. But the performance horse side of it has your, like you're stepping out, right, from mm-hmm. your, from kind of your dad's, yep. dad's thing. And it's becoming your thing, right? So as you decide to start growing your brand, like what does that kind of look like and and what has been the philosophy behind that? Well, I always wanted to make sure that like I stayed, I stayed true to like who, how I was raised and all of those things. Like I, I wanted to stay true to who I was and like dance with the girl that got me there, Yep, to, so to speak. 
So like, you know, all the guys I was around, like they, they, they didn't have like the insignia. Um, and I don't have a problem with it. Like, I think people might think that I have a problem with it. I don't like, that's just not me. Right. Like, that's just not me on the ranch growing up as a ranch kid. Like, you know, a lot of times we'd either have like a blue shirt or like an earth tone shirt and it's what we did. And so like, I really wanted to try to stay true to that as much as I could and, and like stay, stay the guy that even though I have a bigger platform, like I wanted to stay that guy. You're Nevada. Like you're a Nevada yeah, cowboy. Nevada cowboy. Yeah. Like when I see you, I been around them. I'm like, yeah, that's a Nevada cowboy. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to stay. Like I didn't want to stay a kid that, that um, grew up a Nevada cowboy and then turned into like a prissy horse trainer or whatever. Right. Right. Well, and it's just like, as you bring companies on, like we were kind of talking about this, like a, like a boot company. Mm -hmm. I, uh, what's the boot companies that we're Cerna. Cerna. So yep. you wore their boots for three years yep. before you even yep. endorse them. Right? And, right. and then things like that, like you, this is what you do. These are the, like, yeah. you don't necessarily, they're part of like who you are, what you want to be with on your journey. Like times, for example, they have the style that you like. Exactly. So you're not changing your style. You're like, Hey, I'm, I'm gonna wear this shirt regardless. Yep. Exactly. And, and I've, I've been like that with all my sponsorships. Like, if I didn't already use your product for like a while, like, you know, cause especially with some success, like you get, you want to sell out. Yeah. You yeah. want to sell out. Like right? people, people want to be a part of your team and that's fine. And that's good. Like that's all good. But like, for me, like I wanted to keep, I wanted to hold on to that. And, and really like, I, I take a lot of responsibility in the fact that like, if, if somebody sees me endorsing a product, I want it to be like something that I'm like hundred percent. So like, like classic equine, the Braze Equibrand, like I'm all in. I was all in on that for years. Like I am all in with them as a, as a company with them as a people, morals, all that. And so like, I mean, I want that relationship. So like, if it's more of, if it's more of a corporate type relationship, like I, I don't have those like right. you know like kimes for example like i'm really good friends with matt and amanda kimes yeah and like the kimes jeans i literally wore them for probably three or four years maybe longer before i decided to approach them about a deal because and i wore them because they were the best and they lasted the longest like, yeah you tested them out baby. i tested them out and that's that's what i've spent my money on and like just little things like that, I wanted to make sure that if I'm getting behind them. And so I think with that is the authenticity that you see from an outsider, right? right. Like you, you don't see like me selling out for a $50 patch on my shirt just because I can have a patch. And I have no problem with patches, like don't get me wrong. But like I, you know, if, if it's something that I get behind, like I take, and I do the same thing with my brand. Like if somebody, you know, asks me to do something, like, I never answer right away. Like, I always go home, pray about it, ponder, is this, is this who I want to align my brand with? And then go forward. Right. And as you're, like, building your brand, right? Like, what? let's talk about coming up with it. Because, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's cool, but it's like, like, I, I don't know if we were recording when I said this or not, but I recognized it before I, I knew you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the first time I went to the world's greatest... 
um, people like kind of just had like known you. I was like, oh, he's so like cool. Like, and I just, I didn't really like, it was weird to me, but it was like the fact that you stuck out before anyone, like I, before it was an atmosphere that I don't really know. Mm-hmm. So obviously like your personal brand and like what you're putting out there is, it does separate. Right. And, and I don't know what does that, but if I, cause it's something I, I'm trying to do always, right. You're trying to be authentic. You're trying to be, yeah. be different, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. How have you looked at that? Well, yeah, I mean, as far as the facial hair, I, I got that when I was trying to be a cool cowboy. Eight years old, probably. No, <laughs> no. You know, like in being a cowboy in Northern Nevada, like a lot of people had this and they got mu- sweet mustaches. They got sweet like, mustaches, yeah. the whole thing, right? Yeah. And so, like, like you said, like it, it's kind of my identity, right? Like, I feel sorry for anybody that ever grows one in the cow horse after it because they just think they're copying me. Yeah, like it's like it's kind of my deal, and it's kind of been my deal. Um, and it's just it's who I was, and it's just kind of there. And then my wife come up with with the logo. She got to doodling around and messing around with different things. And, and she kind of came up with that because it was, it's kind of catchy and like, you know, people can see it and it doesn't have to say Nick Dower's performance horses. Like, it's just like, oh yeah, I know what that is. Right. That's yeah. a, that's a Nike check. That's Nike. It, like it doesn't have to say Nike. And that's kind of what I wanted to like, and, and what's crazy is like, it is very, like it's catchy. But to me, at the same time, it's kind of who I am too, because it's not like Nick Towers. This it's just like, yeah. If you know what it is, you know. If you don't, yeah, you don't know. Well, and I think that's what you want out of out of branding, right? Because it is that it's authentic, mm-hmm. right? At the end of the day, and I, and if you're about it like before, that that's kind of what creates that the ability to brand. And and yeah. I think that you know when you do align yourself with other companies, like hey, you're you're on point and but then also like i have to say around here the crews they got the brand on you know like embroidered on the the vests and things like yeah. that right like so that's also a really important aspect of it is being about it but really em- embracing it and kind of being proud of it too right that's that's yeah big... like it 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 kind of like for me to look around and see that i'm kind of like oh man it feels weird huh it feels weird yeah i don't like it it feels weird but i think you know, when we talk about the culture and the things that, like, that I represent, like, it it, it makes me proud that they want to wear it. Yes. Because it's, it's, like, I feel like they're, they're wearing it not because of what I've accomplished in the show pin, but, like, what I stand for as a human. Like, I hope that's why they're wearing it. Like, I hope they're not wearing it just because, like, I had a win or something. And like, I've, I've held that like really tight to the vest. Like, like I, I think that's maybe why, like, I've never, like everybody that had a vest on is like a part of like my team. Like I don't, like I very rarely will I sell merchandise. It's like, if, if, if you've come across it, it's because like, you're a part of my team. Like, like every year for Christmas, like we send all my veterinarians, like anybody that helps with me and my program, like they get a vest, right? Like, right. And so then they're like super proud to be a part of like what the business stand for and they wear it. And then with that, like, you know, random fans want to buy them and, and we'll sell some at times, but it's, it's never been a marketing push to get it out there. It's just been super organic, kind of like me as an individual going in into a little bit more of a spotlight 
has always been real organic. Like it's kind of like, like Nicole calls me a hoarder. <laughs> well, and I guess um, something that's kind of unique, right? Like growing up in Dyer, Nevada, it's the middle of nowhere. And so the ability to kind of be around your peers, uh, for you to kind of first show up on the scene, the fact that you don't like really want to belong Right. Like you're okay with just dressing like you and being you and just kind of being your own individual. That that's a huge that's a huge thing right there when you first show up. Yeah. And I, I think you can take that two ways. Like some people don't want to belong because they they want to be different for the attention of being different. Not me. Yeah. I wanted to That's when you I didn't tell, want to conform right? because I, I wanted to because I wanted to be me. Like I didn't want to sell out to that. Like I wanted to stay who I was. Like I wasn't trying to be different for the attention of being different. I wanted to be different because it, it's not who I am to be something else. Right. Like you showed up to the fraternity, the 2013 stock trailer. Stock trailer. What kind of stock trailer? Just an old feather light. Old feather light. Old feather light with a little tack room on the side. And we rolled in there with that horse and another horse just to ride around. And it's like, you don't feel like I don't belong. Mm -mm. You're just different. Right. Just, yeah. Like, and that, and I think that's the, that's the authenticity, right? Like, yeah. and that mindset. And I, and I think that's, but that's really, I think it's important that people hear that because trying to, to find like your true kind of self, like what yep. you're doing, like then it doesn't create those feelings and that awkwardness. Well, right? and I feel like it's this way as a horse trainer or in life or whatever. Like if, if I'm trying to fit like what I bring to the table in their mold or whatever that is, like in their, in that mold, like I can only be like, it limits me. Yeah. But if I can be myself in that world, like then it's, then, then the only limiting factor is like what I personally can do. Like I never wanted to be limited by, by somebody else's teachings. Like, so like, that's what's so awesome about Brian and Joe too, is like, I remember Brian told me, he's like, yeah, get this stuff figured out. And then in a, few years you can come back and help me and I was like you're crazy like you have so much experience like how could I ever help you but like he didn't limit me to him and what he showed me and like I, I try really hard not to do that with everybody that I help like you're gonna take what I show you and probably make it better because like you bring different skill sets to the table and that's what all I did when I went to started showing and stuff like that like I didn't want to my, limit myself to to what's the standard like i i created my own lane so to speak in a way because like that's where i can live live out my best life right i don't want to get in here and get stuck in traffic like i i want to go yeah i heard the term like if your life kind of feels like a movie or a play like that's it's kind of weird probably looking back at it or even to put it in those mm -hmm. perspectives but it's like I did tell myself that when I was younger, like first starting X Factor, I was like, because it's, it's a real mess and it doesn't yep. look good at the beginning. Yep. You're like, man, if I can go from here to, to something really cool, like, yep. a, like a vision, like that's what I had to kind of tell myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just kind of always like looked at it like, well, at the beginning of those movies or something, like they start at the kind of at the bottom, oh, but yeah. then they like kind of create their own reality, right? Like create mm -hmm. whatever they, their vision. And I was like, that that makes sense to me yeah and and so it's like that that's worth like kind of hit a home run over you know what i mean i'll mm -hmm. strike out for one of those like yeah. that's that's what i was kind of the way i looked at it and i don't and, know yeah and it, i think 
it goes a lot with like the people, you know, my parents, my family, my wife, my kids, like it's, it's um, like, I didn't like, I was naive to the fact because like I said, I didn't do any of the things that I did from, from branding to any of that. Like I didn't do it to be different. Like I just did it because it's who I was. Right. And I didn't even realize for the longest time that anything I did was like different or special or, and I, I still don't think that, but like, you know, you get, you get some people here for different, different things or different promotional things. And they're just like, Oh my God, this is so not normal. Yeah. I'm like, what, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Like, it's just how I live. Right. So it's like, it's not an act. It's like, not a, like, it's just how I live. And it's, it, it blows me away when people will say like, this is not normal. Like just like your, your lifestyle, your work ethic, like your, how you treat your employees. Like, it's just not normal, but it is to me. Well, it's like, it's wholesome. It's authentic. It's, um, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. Right. Like there's no, there's no desperation feel to it. Like, it's yeah. just like, Hey, we love what we're doing. Yep. And we're working as hard as possible towards it. And yep. I think that's, it sounds so easy. It sounds so easy, but boy, it's well exactly it takes so long but and and you look back at it like it's like oh yeah well easy but probably at those times you didn't know it at right. all right right that's, that's but that's just part of it i guess that's what yeah but i think that's why being real clear with the purpose with the vision the the why not me mm-hmm. mentality um when if you're kind of pursuing those things yep i think it kind of it keeps your intentions really clear um it keeps them keeps it where it does have a a chance to kind of change it up or be different or kind of be in your own lane, if you will. Yeah. And like, I owe a lot to that, to like my dad and like, he's a visionary, like, yeah, he's very much a visionary of like what could be accomplished. So like, you know, just one example of that would be like laying out my training facility now, you know, like it started with a portable round pin in a feedlot pin up there. And we would literally have the round pin there and I would have my horses turn loose and a bunch in the, in the feedlot pin. We'd catch them and just tie them around the round pin and just start riding. Yeah. Like it started out with that, but growing up on the ranch to your point, like I knew how to weld, like I knew how to build things. So then once I saved up enough money, like I bought the materials, we have the infrastructure in place to like, we have the cement mixers and stuff like that. So then it's just elbow grease and build it. Yeah. You build it. But my point to the visionary deal is like, I remember when we were like, we'd get a little notepad and we'd doodle out like, you know, like I remember him saying like, if you could have like your perfect layout, like what would it look like? And we'd draw it on paper and then we would tweak it and stuff. And so like, I had the vision for what I wanted this place to be right from the beginning. And I tell people that too, that are building anything or, whether it's a business or whatever, like I had, I knew exactly how this was going to look when I started and I, you know, saved this ground for this. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it, but like, I had no idea that, but I could, we could walk around right now and I could tell you which horses paid for which things. Wow. Like time for the diamond. He paid for the building. Yeah. Smooth Bellingraph. He won over a hundred thousand. He paid for the concrete to put it up. Um, I sold a, Three-year-old, one time, uh, three-year-old, he paid for the, the stall bar. 
like I can just go through and tell you, and it's like a, like, you don't know how you're going to, how you're going to accomplish the vision, but like where there's a will, there's a way. Right. And like, I can literally show you what horses and tell you what horses paid for everything that's here. Yeah. And it's important probably that it happens uh, through work and mm-hmm. building. Cause then exactly. you can kind of, you might've messed it up if you'd had all of it at once. Right. You might've exactly. messed up the design and not being yeah, able like, to see things and, but I think that's with like life too. Like you gotta, you yeah. gotta know that. Yeah. And I think too, like how, how worthless would I be if, if, you know, if my dad would have paid for and built all this and like, I wouldn't have had to earn it. Yeah. Would I be the, if I wouldn't have had to earn this place and like learn how to lead and do things, you think I'd be the last one in the arena every night? Like you said, Yeah, I doubt it. Well, and doubt it. Would you say your first job was like, you had to lead, yeah. right? Like that's very early. And, and to understand like, Hey, I had to go through this to get there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I mean, just knowing like making the most out of those first opportunities, even if it is a job that's picking up rocks, yep. right. You know, like, Hey, we got to get it done. This is why then we got to do the next thing. And yep. you just start and build. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is too, like when you're eight, nine years old or in high school and ever all your friends are, goofing off and you're working like it, it you don't understand it but man i understand the lessons now and i am so thankful yeah so thankful like it wasn't always easy but i am so thankful now yeah so you talked about this vision of like you could see it exactly how you wanted yep. to do it what about the other side of that do you consider like hey maybe i am not thinking big enough it's like because you know what i mean like you definitely don't want to be thinking the other way Right. So how do you find the line there? Like, how do you try to, because if you got vision and your dad's like, so how do you, how do you continue to grow that? Like the, the vision for that? Like, what is that? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I feel like where I'm at right now is right where God has me to be. And, and I don't know that, that it's, it's really gonna change a lot. Um, you know, we're trying to raise our family and everything, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's, if you work the process, the next thing pops up. Right. But it's, well, that's just it. Like I never, you know, like, you know, when I say, I don't know, like I never had dreams to be a full-time trainer. Like if you'd ask me, even after my first show horse, like, Hey, are you, are you going to train horses for a living? I'm like, no, I'm going to. I'm going to cowboy and I'm going to have some, some nice horses, but I'm not going to be a horse trainer. Show on the weekends. And I'm the sure, big ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. But God had bigger plans. So we'll, we'll see. Right. Yeah. And, and you just weren't willing to limit yourself. You know what no. I mean? Like you were open-minded enough and hundred yeah. percent. Why not me? Yeah. Why not you? Like why, why not? Right. Yep. Celebrity questions. We got any celebrity questions over here, Sarah? Oh yeah. Most, most important lesson from Cowboy Week this week? Like biggest thing you've learned from Cowboy Week? Takeaway. Take away. Yep. I, I, I would say like, I mean, I learned a few little techniques, but like something that Joe said that like really hit home, he was talking about a colt that was troubled. And then he, he did something and he said, he re, he's like, he remembers what he feels like when that happened and it was for the 
like that was maybe the first time that I really, it really like got into me to where it was like, he wasn't talking about what it felt like on the halter, what it felt like, you know, physically, like he's talking about like the his, inside of that horse, like, instincts. like yes, that like, feeling in his soul, like felt good to that horse. And like that, that hit home and like that can get a little deep and sound a little, little kooky, but like with Quaid's horse that was really troubled. Like I've had horses like that, that, I mean, that horse could real easily like be a detriment to society, like dangerous. And so you'll, you could see it like on, when I was working with him, like just simple little things, like getting that horse to just take a step and not be freaked out by the saddle and just explode and kick the stirrup off was like huge to how that horse felt inside. And so like, that was my biggest takeaway is like the importance of that. Like, how does that horse feel? And like that horse was really bothered and really scared. Um, and that's all it was like that horse didn't feel good within himself. And so to help that horse through that, and we're going to put a little ride on him here today. Like that was, that was cool. That was awesome. really cool. Well, and I guess the other thing we we just as well say this like with Cowboy Week that was that was kind of something that you know you've documented the whole process, all of the conversations this week, everything. Um, definitely going to have like it's hours and hours of content. Um, I know you're releasing it, um, or by the time this out, it's probably probably will be released. But it's going to be over twelve hours of content. The first uh, kind of an initial launch of mm-hmm. your website, so someone can buy a membership or a package to watch all of these videos really experience it and you guys do you start horses from the very beginning to putting first rides on them to working in the arena um it's just there's something for everyone that is interested in being a horseman right and yeah. and you guys literally covered every aspect in the so much yeah so like, what you got to experience this week is is now you know something that people can get kind of that fly on the wall experience right. too right so where, where would we find find that at well you can get all that information on my website and it'll lead you right to it but nick nick dowers yeah, yeah sorry yeah nick, nick dowers.com it's all on there and like on the socials and stuff they're all like nick dowers too we'll have the link too on the podcast so. perfect um but like when when that just got me thinking like along the cowboy week lines too like um what's like to get me and nicole can attest to this to get me to like put myself out there to do this was like, I needed a shove. And like Nicole believed in this enough, like, cause she was here last year. She's like, we got to do this. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, that's a little too much like out there for, for me. Right. Like, cause I, I just kind of, I, I am kind of a private person in a lot of ways. And, but then I got to thinking like, you know, the atmosphere, the camaraderie, just the, the culture that is here, and created for cowboy week like that's that's gonna be really cool for people to get a chance to be a part of that yeah and you talked about the you know the 15 to or so people that are here and how they impact and inspire so hopefully that's kind of the same effect that this will have is like a positive impact with anyone with any walk of life as far Mm -hmm. as like being a horseman goes they can get stuff out of it take take horsemanship Yep. to uh, hopefully another step or get another perspective and and really 
kind of, I think that just putting that good out there, like, or that opportunity for someone to, that might not get exposure to you or yeah. something like this. Like, I yeah. think that's a, it's a huge win. And that's, that's, that's exactly why we're doing it. Cause like I, and I told this to my friends, like I had to tell, and it was, it, it was hard. Like I had to tell really, really good friends and people that I really wanted to be here that they couldn't come because I, I just had to come up with a way that I could, if it gets too big, like it's just too big. And so like literally what it come down to is like the people that worked for me in the past, they had the first kind of rider refusal. And then the people that have been to the most cowboy weeks and like, that's, that's the core, right? Like that's the nucleus. And like I said, I would want to have, like, it would be awesome to let so many people be a part of this, but you just can't like logistically, you just can't. That's where this deal is really cool because it gives people a glimpse into the culture, into the, you know, like just selfless way to look at life and training and just to be a better you and all the stuff that I'm striving for. Like it just gives people a chance to kind of see that. Right. Well, I say we uh, wrap it up. Sounds good. Go grab us some breakfast and 